this is your hosts, James Jordan, Mike Wallace, and the Eggman, and Damon Sawyer, coming at you for yet another edition of the Wide World of Motorsports podcast on CFMH 107.3, Local FM in St. John, New Brunswick, CKMS 102.7, Radio Waterloo, in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, and on the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device. Also, on demand on all streaming platforms. Cool stuff on social media at the WWOMS. Some of what I like to call my quote-unquote portfolio of photographs. Self-plug, no shame. And Wallace's quote-unquote portfolio of reels. (laughs) No shame, (laughs) self-plug. And our defunct website, the wide that's like, hey, who if we have a radio podcast, check out our defunct website, the wide world of motorsports podcast.wordpress.com. Because we we need we need pressure to get going on that. That's what we need. We it might still a, be up. We don't know. Oh, it's still up. We just don't I use it what's funny is I use it like all the time. I use it for my note like I even had it up earlier for my notes for LaCroix when we were interviewing him and that'll be out, out next episode. Um, but yeah, like I gotta get, uh, I gotta get on that old triple dubs, that website, gonna get that going. And, and yeah, especially with our, uh, with all the stuff that's going on with the end of, not, I don't want to say the end of the racing season, but yeah, like for us up here, it's kind of wrapping up and, and yeah, you want to, you want to be on that stuff. We're going to have that. And it's going to be fun talking about these series wrapping up in the next couple of months here on the WOMs. This is season yes, six, episode 30. And as per usual, we like to kick it all off with our driver spotlight, where we, for some of our regulars, as you know, we pick a driver that correlates with the. Wait, we have regulars. That's I actually we Cheers do. You we just say that we, we do, <laughs> but it's a. Small you say one. that just to make us feel better. Just like how I'm a Daytona 500 champion on iRacing. Thirty-eight. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So here we go. We're we're doing the spotlight for number thirty. This is a good one, and and I was like, like, I write it down in a certain in a certain order. But who wants to go first? Who's who's itching to get this one? Out? I'll go first. The, I'll go it. first because it's pretty short. Wally's got it. It's pretty short because I uh, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this one. I did a little bit of research on this one, but I I I picked probably the most significant driver to ever drive the number thirty. And that's Speedy Thompson. And what makes Speedy Thompson so significant in the number 30 is that he is the only one to win in the number 30. Okay. Nice. That's it. That makes sense because I I did not see a win in the number 30 on my pick. And he only drove two times in that car. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, eh? You get get two shots. You get that. Mm -hmm. uh, That's that's some good stuff. And also, props to you on... Keeping up on picking those guys with those like 1950s styles names, <laughs> like 
skip right, the graph right, or yeah. something like I, I do feel <laughs> when I say his name, I'm wearing a Speedy fedora. Thompson. I got a little ticket in my hat that says press. Mm-hmm. Speedy Thompson, Thompson wins the race. Huh? <laughs> in a world with dust storm, Speedy Thompson wins the race in record time. Uh, I'll throw in a little bit of a – I'll throw in a, a – freaking for the first time ever i'll throw in a filter on our <laughs> we have a reason to throw in a filter <laughs> the 1950s filter we're gonna do that first time wom's first time okay we got it we got to we got to um that's a good one that's a good one who's who's up next i'll go so uh wallace i'll take your two times and i'll raise you one time uh kevin swindell Ooh. Drove the number 30 one time and one time only for Swan Racing Company at New Hampshire in 2013. Uh, as you can expect, because I doubt any of you have ever heard of that team, that the race did not go well and he finished in 38th. That ended up being Kevin Swindell's one and only race in the Cup Series. Although he did race for five years in the nationwide, in the then nationwide series for a smattering of teams including his debut with uh baker baker curb racing and roush fenway racing in 2011 so uh i you guys know i like the obscure ones what's his background what's his racing background dirt uh, dirt he isn't came up he in, in what, world outlaws Can't, yes isn't he, yes. Okay. Isn't he paralyzed or kind of paralyzed uh he did suffer a large-scale accident in 2015 while racing i believe it was a yeah it was at the knoxville nationals actually yeah well yeah but he is the 20 he is the 2010 2011 2012 and 2013 chili bowl nationals winner also the 2009 knoxville midget nationals winner and the o2 world karting association grand champion Ooh. okay he was kyle larson before kyle larson That's a bit of a different world, that's for sure. Now we're seeing it a bit more coagulated. Right? He's got a cool. He's got a the the team. His team has a channel on YouTube called Swindell Speed Labs. It's pretty. It's a pretty good show if you want to see. Um, I think they run USAC mainly, uh, winged USAC stuff. But I believe anyways. so. Yes. But anyway, you guys know I like the obscure stuff, yeah. and I figured. Like a guy that, that ran one like cup it. race in his That's entire career was obscure enough for me. I like it. I like it. It's good. Son of Sammy Swindell. Nice. Yes. Wow. That was a good. I like getting a little bit of that uh, on the show. The wide, the wide world of motorsports. Um, okay. What? What do you got, Damon? So I know normally we pick cup teams but i cherry pick and just kind of pick whatever you know comes up to mind first when i hear the number so in my in my head anything <laughs> so in my head when i think 30 i mean there's obviously you know the aol 30 car with jeff green you know 2001 Ooh. season where you know, kevin harvick the topic of our last show was supposed to drive that car before you know it happened there and before that you had Derek cope and the 30 pontiac dumb out car but i want to really talk about Todd Bodine, fellow New Yorker, win his two championships in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Camping World Truck Series, however you want to term it, back in 2010 was his second championship, 
and it was 2006, so 2006, 2010, both for Jermaine Racing in the very recognizable black and yellow Toyota Tundra, a lot of Jermaine sponsorship, and then the Lumber Liquidators, can't forget that sponsorship for quite a while, so yeah, I mean... Uh, too much to say. He, you know, he did okay in Cup Series for a number of years. We just kind of mid-pack, and in Jermaine, you know, they they went from kind of a backmarker team in the Cup Series and the Truck Series, and then they just kind of found their form with Toyota, and and yeah, they just kind of took the bull by the horns. And I would say not quite a short-lived team. They lived. They lasted, I think, five or six years Early in total. Toyota. Yeah. Those were some golden years for New York drivers right there. Those two championships. So, good to see. Yeah. Hmm. yeah looking, I'm looking on the Wikipedia here and looking at the graph of it. And, yeah, he did pretty good. What happened to that? What happened? What ended up happening to that? Team? So they went to the yeah. so they went to the Cup Series. Remember, they, they had the third. They went back to the Cup Series with a 13 car, the, the Geico sponsorship with Max oh, Pappas. Yeah. Casey Mears, yeah, yeah, and then Todd or uh, sorry, Ty Dillon ran that for a while, and then they ended yes. up selling that. That was the second Spire car, if I'm correct. Spire came from Premium Motorsports. I want to say they bought the 13th charter. It's a little, little hazy. I could be, I could be yeah. wrong on that, yeah, but yeah, it's like yeah. where did the, now where did it both. end up? Like now where did it be? Oh, uh, they they're who, yeah, they, they over. Come, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> who has the 13 right now? In cup, who would own that number? The thirty or the thirteen? The, th- the sorry, the thirty. Is it still an RCR number? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I mean, Swan Racing obviously ran it after Richard Childers was done with it. They've been running the thirty-three, which they've been kind of sharing with Penske Motorsports. They've been kind of going back and forth on that thirty-three the last couple of years, but after. Swan Motorsports, I can't really, in Inception Motorsports, I can't think of who ran a 30 in the last few years that comes. It's that because it's up. an ugly number. I remember we had this talk last time. It's an ugly number. It doesn't <laughs> look good together, right? No, 31. Yes. That's a great number. 32, 33, 34, not so much. 35, definitely not. 36, okay. 38, 37, no. Ew. Who runs thirty-seven? I yeah. Hey, don't forget that top five finish, Kevin LePage, two thousand mid two thousands Daytona five hundred tequila, Patron tequila car. That was a good run. Thirty-seven. Wow. For who? He showed, he showed you Wallace. <laughs> so I don't remember yeah. what the team name was, but it was the thirty-seven car. Uh, they ran dodges, and at some point, Kevin LePage got out of the car, and Tony ran. Tony Rains ran that car for a while. They had a couple sponsorships from uh, poker, online poker sites, when that was the big thing back in the late 2000s, yeah. early like 2010s. Uh, but back uh, yeah, when it was like start and park for and make six hundred thousand. <laughs> a race. <laughs> they didn't. No they more. didn't try to start and park, but yeah, it was. It was that. No, era. I don't. Yeah. I. That's awesome. I don't know if I could have picked. Uh, yeah, because. I from I sometimes I go off memory off my picks, but sometimes I go off of favorites. For this one, I could have done. I remember in two thousand three when uh, Jeff Green went at Watkins there. 
um, back when you're probably the only person that remembers that DEI was able to uh, remember those those couple years and then I'm on fire. Much as I say, I'm a Jimmy Johnson fan. When when that stuff happened, I didn't really watch NASCAR all every weekend back then because you kind of knew who was going to win. Similar to now, how you know, I'm a Max fan, but I know I'm not going to watch it every weekend because I know he's going to win. <laughs> I don't know why I'm, people call that bandwagon hopper, but whatever. Go screw yourself. You want to take it outside? I'll come take it take it down there. I'll take care of you. So what? I got a secret hatch. So what? Like Hogan's Heroes. You want to fight about it? <laughs> um, but yeah, he he had a good <clears throat> the AOL car when that was that was probably like right when it freaking ceased to exist. But I I gotta go with a favorite though, um, and also too another 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 memorable moment for the number thirty as well. I mean, can't this is there's a big there's a big one here, but <clears throat> yeah, uh, Michael Waltrip who drove the number 30 really early on in his career and I love the number 30. I love these checks. He, he two time winner Daytona 500 won in 2001-2003. We obviously um we know him as the, it's him and it, you know the Waltrip brothers Daryl Waltrip and and Michael Waltrip and um also with how awesome he's done as an analyst and you know in the booth what he's added to broadcasting and and to racing too um and, and making them kind of go together and and also I would I, would, I actually would Not think of it too is, it was that that is someone too that I go oh well he's kind of like same with Dale Jr as a warm sidebar here seeing these guys I'm like these guys aren't supposed to be commentators, and they might tell you that too. But like as fans, like we all have that in us, and and it's kind of like for me, it's like inspiring because I that'd be cool one day to call some races. Not that that's nothing like I'd want to. I wouldn't want to always do that, but it'd be cool to you see those guys do that, and they they come out of. Maybe they have some habit. Remember how different Dale Jr. used to talk, and like all these, like all these guys learn how to do broadcasting and stuff, and they form different habits and seeing them kind of grow and evolve. It's really cool. Like, um, I always look forward to watching the, the truck races because I know uh, Mikey's in the booth, and and going back to all the history too. Not only just in the thirty, but obviously as we know when he won the 2001 Daytona 500 and the stuff that he did with DEI in the early 2000s. But you can't not, my favorite, my, for me, racing NASCAR racing one or two on both DOS and like freaking Amiga or something like that. It was floppy. So I played it on floppy and CD, um, the early Papyrus NASCAR games. And I remember always, always going for that country time car because it was like pink or yellow. It was, it was like the most colorful car. So I went, and it's freaking lemonade. Like who, who doesn't not like? And he was like, it was a Kool Aid. Like he would, he would change between Kool Aid and and uh, country time. And we all, we all, we all have had to have seen that clip of the uh, Bush Series car. The because uh, he ran the thirty as well a couple times for Bahari, 
Bahari. I, I f- so sorry for people if I'm f- Bahari. Nah, Baha. Because I'm thinking Jesse the Body Ventura here. Gonna go down to Baha. Bahari <laughs> racing. Um, they they he raced a couple races too in the Bush Series in that uh, early on in his career, and when he raced there at Bristol, and ended up because Bristol was a little different back then, so he ended up hitting the pit exit wall, but it was the outside wall, like how they get to the outside of the track, or and it was like a gate, and it was a little bit of a part of the something was exposed in the gate, or like maybe part of the wall was just like lipping a little bit. No, I think the pin broke. I think he hit the. I think he just hit it, and the pin that right. locked the gate broke. Yeah, and then, Crazy. yeah, like one in a million shots. If you really. ever look up the clip, you just see this kind of bright reddish car going around, and it slides coming out of it's, turn it's, two, goes up. It's into one the of those hits. You th- like you see it, and you go, "There's he's dead. There's yeah. no way and he's then walking." You out see of that. him in the. Car. You can see the car just like split open like it was to- like 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 a can like it was just split it was ripped open by this metal was just torn open you could see inside of the cockpit the um the driver's suit the helmet the you know you could see it's like wow and then he just steps out and and then even dw there's a clip of him like getting all emotional on the side like he, he like he was convinced he was dead he's like crying and it's a clip of him crying like you can see it. this is real like it's all on youtube or somewhere um this ain't fake news folks and then he and then D, and then michael he's a, he's a bit shook after that he's like i'm not sure where i am but <laughs> i'm all right it's like he's like basically all right but yeah it's crazy that car is actually um that's uh, it's on display somewhere. I have a picture of it here. It's, it looks like it's on display. Yeah, it's somewhere. in a it's in a museum. That's crazy, eh? Where's that museum? What museum? Do we know the museum? I don't know. I'm gonna Just look it up a though. Museum. Yeah, let, let us know on that one. because uh, that'd be people out there go see that. Uh, but yeah, he drove that um, from the mid to uh, mid mid eighties to early nineties, and and. Um, Eventually, he ended up going over to Wood Brothers Racing in 1995. Drive that number 21 sick, go forward, which, of course, uh, I was racing that one, too, on the NASCAR games. I was just always a big Michael Waltrip fan, I guess. So I think, sorry, 1996, he uh, went to Wood Brothers Racing to race that number 21 forward, that famous car. Yeah, so cannot... um, a baby I've already picked it before, and that's even that. That's the test to, that shows you how much of a fan of Michael Waltrip I am. The car is currently on display in the International Motorsports Hall of Fame, next to Talladega, in Talladega. Nice. That's all right. I, I would take that. They moved it. They just hauled it up the highway to, down the highway to, <laughs> to Dega. Nice. Um, but yeah, we we yeah can't not mention, as I always say, to justify my my picks, can't not mention Michael Waltrip on the driver spotlight here on the Womps. That's that's some good picks, boys. Props on that one. Uh, everyone here joining us here on the Wide World of Motorsports podcast on the FM on 
107.3 CFMH in New Brunswick and at CKMS 102.7 in Ontario, Waterloo. We're um, also on the PMN app as well, all streaming platforms, just chatting here, talking about some racing history going on and some racing news. Let's talk about the... Uh, let's talk about the NASCAR Pinty's series that was just racing at for their second last race of the season at NASCAR at the Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, where Kevin Lacroix, which we're, we're going to have an interview with him uh, for our next episode. It's going to be awesome for episode. Yeah, 31. stay tuned for that. Stay that was a fantastic that, interview. Folks, look out on the social. The sash for that one. For the drops. Because we got a little bit of insight, both on the track, uh, beyond the fence, behind the lens, and we also got the insight from the driver in the seat. I don't know how much better you can get than that, folks. Listen, folks, I've been swamp sidebar watching a lot of Trump clips, uh, and I'm totally not, uh, (laughs) I'm totally, like, I'm totally overselling the show. Big, big show. Um, what's Man. going on with uh, the the Pinties there, Damon? You were you were able to you got some awesome shots there. You able to uh, to get? Yeah, you were there. there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I'll try to give us a quick synopsis here. So we didn't really get to see who was going to be going for pole during the practice session. There were two stoppages in the practice session. Uh, Brent Wheeler in the sixty one broke it driveline or a transmission going up into Moss and he beached it and it took like 20 minutes off the practice session. Then one of the uh, Quebec drivers of Benoit Couture, he had an engine let go. So they lost a lot of practice time. They extended it by an extra 10 minutes. But so some of the people who were in contention like Alfie Dumlin and Alex Tagliani and Gary Clute, they were the back end of the top 10, top 15, instead of like in the top five, you'd expect them for the practice. So it's just like, eh, we'll, we'll see what happens in practice. Practice and then qualifying happens, and it was LP Dumlin who, who took the pole, which I don't want to say was surprising because he's had you know, poles there. He always runs well, but he's had kind of a yeah. off year. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, yeah. win. That, you know, he, yeah. he needs, still needs a win. It'd be nice to see him get some at Delaware, but yeah, it came down to, um, I, I think wasn't surprised to see like Mac up there. Um, I we we talked to Trey a couple times this season. And we know we know he's you know and and Kyle too about their uh, approach to to CTMP and their um it's it I wouldn't say it's a learning curve or anything, but maybe it is because road racing for them is a bit different. So I I knew that that they'd be. Um, <clears throat> They wouldn't be up too close in the end there. I, I yeah, you're right. You know, with LP up there, I I feel like that was refreshing too. Um, going into that, well, so that was the Saturday. What was the, so? Yeah, you also said it was hot. Oh man, how was it like? Phys- like it was probably thirty degrees Celsius. We're talking what eighty Fahrenheit. Yeah, it was it was warm and it was pretty muggy. Like it was didn't rain, you know. So it was nice and sunny. Like so, we thought it was going to rain Saturday for like the qualifying session. Like the clouds just started rolling in, but then they cleared right as Group Three took the track, and then it just got bright and sunny again. And then the race happened on Sunday, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky, which made it good. They had the 
Royal Canadian Air Force do their jumping. I think it was the Air Force. Yeah, they I always love their, seeing those um, yeah, they, when they do that. Yeah, they did their jumps with the three that's parachuters. All, and by they, the like, way, that's just our military. That's it. Just those two guys. <laughs> but, uh, so that made it easy to see you know all that going on it was a really cool pre-race that they did and yeah the race got started and like immediately like because i was stationed in turn one right off the bat and two laps in and kevin lacroix got damaged to his left front and let's see alex LeBay was dropping back a little bit i think Newland lost the lead like early on too. He was running second. He, he ran like second. Time. I don't think he led a lot of laps, but as I was moving around the track, like it didn't, there wasn't too much. Like they ran caution free for the for like the first half of the race. Yeah. yeah. And since something happened and they threw out the caution, ninety-two I can't st- was what? stopped in uh, Moss. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, and so. When they re-racked him and got ready to go, I was in turn 10, and they ran, you know, they'd run a couple laps, and all of a sudden, I was actually behind, I was trying to get an artistic shot, and I was behind a tree behind some of the signage in turn 10, and all of a sudden, like, I'm just looking, I'm obviously tunnel visioning down the front stretch, and I just see this big wall of flames come through, like, through the tree, through the thing, all I could see was flames, a car spinning, and it's just like, oh, well, first of all, I thought I'm in the wrong spot for this as a photographer, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. and then the, I could see, I knew it was a GM Palil car. That's all I could see. I could just tell by the colors. And then I saw Kevin Lacroix following him in, like, off the track, and then a car spinning, and then the smoke cloud comes up, and it's just like, oh, this is, like, this is way too early for something like this to happen. And then when the smoke cleared, mm-hmm. it was Ranger, but there was the Ranger car was gone. He was all the way down at turn one, and Peter Clute was spun out on the front stretch and Gary Clute had hit the, or I'm sorry, Ryan Clute was spun out yeah, on the a front lot of stretch. Clutes. Yeah. That's cool, <laughs> right. And Peter that's, and that's, yeah, it's cool seeing them. All yeah. The whole, the same race. yeah. Having the whole family affair, yeah, you know, be awesome. the, definitely. Uh, but then yeah, Gary Clute had hit the wall. Somehow he ended up in the tire that turns out. I don't know how he did it. Didn't see that. And then as he took his car around, he almost made all the way back to pit road and then he hit the entrance to pit road so obviously he was done with long cleanup. And I want to say because of all that, the field is a little mixed up with the pit strategy because like the pit stops were happening, I think, when the 92 had his issue. So then they remacked him again, and then it was pretty clean all the way through. But yeah, uh, La- LaCroix was going to have his handful. Like he was leading. Did he have the best car that day? I don't think so. You know, and LP was coming and it was funny. So in the interview after the race and, and while they're in victory lane, they were saying, Oh, you know, LP ran you clean. And we've seen what happened, you know, previously with the cars getting dumped in the last turn. And he's like, yeah, I'm very aware of that. So, you know, I think about that every week. So he, he had this like pre determined in his mind that if he got near him, if LP get who or whoever got near him come to that final turn, he's actually going to let them get beside him. So it was side by side going into turn 10 instead of having someone on his rear end mm-hmm. to be able to dump him. So okay. he purposely, like if you watch the video when LP gets next to him coming out at nine and the 10, he did that on purpose. Like he, and that's what he said that he, the moment and in the interview. So post race. So it was a pretty, uh, pretty wily move right there. And then he knew, you know, LP's a clean driver and he knew he wasn't going to 
you know, Dumpo yeah, Manelki said in the back said in of the... Kevin's mind, though. <laughs> it wasn't in the back uh, of his yeah. mind, he said to us. It's got to be. Yeah. Um, it, it's was... always. Yeah. yeah. And we, we spoke. It's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, that, it would be cool to get. We, we should talk to LP about that uh, at some point um, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Maybe try to get him out of Delaware. Of, uh, their points of view. But yeah, it. That was a good finish. The professionalism for both of them, yeah. The skill, like it sounds like both of them were, yeah, exactly. It sounds like both of them were uh, just wanting to be some professionals out there and put on a good show, show their skill, and we got to see that in the in that. Um, there's about eight laps to go after the that restart, and Kevin was pulling away pretty far, and it it looked like he almost got it. It, it really did. It, it looked like he kept going, but then, and then LP kind of started coming back in and like, started looking bigger in Kevin's mirror. And that, that, as he said, that black, he saw black in his mirror. He thought he was going to see some other colors, but then he saw that black. He's like, Oh, we got LP coming up. So that's, uh, that was, that was cool to, to see that, um, the classic Canadian tire motorsport finish that we all know and love, and uh, it'd be it'd be cool to um to to figure out what it like the science behind what it is that makes it wound up that way because we us pretend racers me Thomas and Wally here when we're doing mm-hmm. our endurance races for hours on end because we have no lives um yeah <laughs> we we uh, we notice how like it kind of you kind of come up with a, like how the the vi- like how the groove of the track is going, or how the 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 pole, like the circuit is going. Like I'm trying to f- find the right words for that, but like, yeah, been the flow, the flow. Kind of, like the, what the turns race. makes it? Like wh- where do we? Go- what part of the track makes it so that everything evens back up and you're able to like? I think I think that it has something to do with it. So I'm talking with Kevin about it, you know, in the interview. Him referring to the track because we were talking about clean air and him talking that because you don't use the brakes as much there and and the track is very, you know, lifting and whatnot. It's just you flow together. So it's kind of the track's just a flowing uh, through the natural terrain of the area, which when you get into that groove there because it's such a momentum track that you just kind of yeah all catch up I love those but kinds of but then then i i do know what you're saying cuz we'll watch a 24 hour race daytona le mans whatever and you know after 24 hours they'll cross the line you know 10 feet apart so what brings everything back together good drivers we need to get down to this it gotta be the track. It's gotta be something that spirit of that track. So we gotta figure it out. But also, how about the end of that though? We we and his his uh, donut dance there. <laughs> He's doing in donuts. Kevin doing donuts on the start finish line and in the media center. Oh and, yeah, yeah was, I, guess, I got video he, of that on we, my phone. We uh, we we should have. Uh, I should have asked him how he got that down. How he figured out how to do that, like physically getting down there. You definitely like, practiced it. Yeah, I should have said he practiced it, but it's a good thing maybe we didn't. Uh, but yeah, it, it really did look um, uh, 
lakey house having fun out there and and seeing something like that like a throwback to like edwards or something like that for me that's really cool throws it back to other racers for me too like dw at the icky shuffle and some other drive or and i'm a big wrestling fan so even that uh wrestling the signature the taunt connection like the rock doing just bring it or cena doing you can't see me i think that stuff's cool um it's a sports entertainment, folks, whether you like it or not. So I like to see a little bit. And also Kevin, showing, showing a little bit of a different side, too, to people. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, seems, it seems like he's having a fun like It's good. It looks like he's having a fun time. And he's... Um, yeah, he's Winning cures a lot of things, right? Yeah, right. So, and he's having a good... That's good. Um, yeah, and I can't wait to watch the full race on the uh, or whatever they want to give us on TSN and flow. I'm sure it's out there <laughs> replayable on flow. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, so I just want to interject real quick. Did, did he tell you of like where he thought of that? Like his kind of backstory and why he did the, undid the donuts. Yes. He did tell we, us. In we the, did. Uh, we did talk about uh, a little bit about that. And I would have to say, um, I think uh, people should tune into that to, uh, the next episode mm-hmm. for that. I, I do think uh, there's a our friend over there at GM Paye for our French Canadian <laughs> Canadian friends. Uh, so I figure for our Americans down south, I just say pie, and then yay. You know what I mean? Like oh pie, yay. You know that's how I that's how I learned it <laughs> because I was, I was like, how do you pronounce that? I, I I think we even I think we even asked Kevin at one point, how do you pronounce like. How do you pronounce this French? Well, there's nothing wrong with asking. Anyway, um, anyway, yes, let's. Well, we're definitely excited for Delaware. We 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 kind of know where the championship standings are going into that. Final are you going to be there, Damon? Yeah. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we're gonna awesome. have something going on there for that race. We'll we'll definitely have something in the next couple uh, of weeks, two two or three weeks. You're gonna be there, Tom? For then. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, I'll be boots on the ground. <laughs> um. So. We uh, we'll we'll definitely um, bring you all the news from the track community from Delaware for the final race of the NASCAR Pinty Series twenty twenty three season. You welcoming everyone here listening to us on the WOMS at the WWMS wherever you guys get your podcasts and on the FM. Hello everybody, we're just talking Hello. about NASCAR Pinty Series. Now we're gonna go into Let's, uh, I always, I, I, in my head, it's like, I put it together when we're building. I like our little open wheel segment where, where we, we mm-hmm. talk about IndyCar and F1. Let's get into it. Where do where you guys, which one do we start with? Let's, Let's go. Take, uh, <clears throat> okay. So the Formula One circus traveled to Monza this week for the Italian GP. And uh, the weekend was not really short of excitement um, for the first time. One of the first times, I can't remember if it's the first time, all year, a Red Bull did not sit on the pole. Uh, Carlos Sainz put in an absolutely fantastic lap in qualifying to knock Max back to P2, which, honestly, he held for more of the race than I would have thought, meaning he was Mm -hmm. still leading at the end of the first lap. Um, Yeah. But moving on to race day, uh, Yuki Sonoda suffering an engine failure uh, before during the formation lap, so before the race had even started, which I believe 
if my research is correct, is the first Red Bull powertrain failure of the season. Wow. Oh, no. <laughs> now, wow. you, you know as well as I do, the the main team does not give their best stuff to these junior teams. The scraps. But mm-hmm. it is still a Red Bull powertrain. Yeah. Um, so, and like I said, Carlos signs starting on the pole, giving the Tifosi something to cheer about at their home GP. For those of you that don't know, the Tifosi is what the Ferrari fans are called. I don't know what it means. I don't speak Italian. It sounds like like, means moth, like I feel like crazy. I kind of feel scared. That's what it means. Because <laughs> they're nuts. They are nuts. You, you think the Dutch fans are nuts? Hey. You should you should see hey. what the Ferrari fans do at Monza. The Tifosi will will destroy the entire Formula Ferrari Formula One team if they lose. Yeah, by doing pretty, something stupid. Pretty much sleep with the fishes. It almost it almost happened last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, other stories from the weekend: uh, Alex Albon and Williams are still shocking the world with their uh, compared to earlier in the season ridiculous amount of speed. Uh, Albon has made it to Q3 the last two GPs in a row, and he has scored points in both of them as well. Uh, Logan Sargent's running better. He's still getting used to this whole Formula One thing. So we'll see how that progresses. And unfortunately, the biggest storyline is Max Verstappen now stands alone. sound excited. On on top of the (laughs) most consecutive wins list with 10 uh, surpassing Sebastian Vettel, who had nine in 2013. Wow. That is, I wonder if people are going to realize like how cool that is one day. Cause right now it doesn't seem like people are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, right now, it, right, right now it doesn't seem like people are excited about it because they just don't want to watch Max win every week anymore. Uh, give it a few years and let, the competition catch up to the yeah. Red Bull, and then they'll they'll be like, "Hey, that was pretty neat." <laughs> nice, and also, yeah, give it a couple of more seasons of him dominating. It reminds me of Yimmy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it, I, I, that's my that's always my throwback is for for at least for motorsports dominance. It um, happens every now and then, even at the beginning of Formula One. One Manuel Fangio won four world titles in a row. Uh, Schumacher did five, I believe. Lewis did five as well. I mean, Mercedes Se- did Seb seven. Did, Seb, Seb did four. Mercedes as a company did seven. So we and we see it, and we see dominations in other sports. We see, like, I mean, other racing series. We see Hendrick domination. We've seen. Well, I guess really they're the only ones that have really put it on a real hurt. Again, maybe Joe Gibbs. I don't. I was saying, I don't know. Even. Mid mid twenty tens, JGR is pretty dangerous. Yeah. So, and then IndyCar, of course, it's always been Penske and Ganassi. You've had the flare ups of the other guys, but Ooh, um, <laughs> yeah, watch out. <laughs> Go to the doctor. Um, and then <laughs> don't forget Audi in. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Audi at Le Mans. Same. And even Porsche at Le Mans have always so. This kind of stuff happens routinely. I, we talk about it all the time. We just sometimes I feel we we're so geared to action, action, action all the time that there's something to appreciate in a well, race playing out. Drive to survive. 
Oh yeah, much yeah. He loves that series. Oh, uh, my favorite series on Netflix. And the F one season. Well, we we still got uh, what they go till the end of November, right? So or sometimes kind of ridiculous. First week of December. What's the? Mm, I don't know. This is where are they next? Where did they go last time? Yeah. I don't know. I will look that up too. Yeah, they. I know they got really Vegas good. still, right? I mean, Vegas is just only in for for them. And I bet you it's the end of October or something like that. That's going to be real exciting because the, I think the visual of that race is going to be something that you've never seen before. I I'm and it's for us. I always love races that are in our time zone. That's going to be like a prime time race as well. Um, so the that's going to be late. Yeah, right. Abu Dhabi GP is the final race of the season on November 26th. Right. When's Vegas? The week before that on the 19th. Wow. And then, which, yeah. um, So what about next week or next next round? Uh, Next, they are traveling to Singapore for the Singapore GP on the 17th of September. It's an okay track. Look for Checo to be... To show up yeah. that week, that's kind okay. of his baby. We'll put we'll put you to that. We'll we'll see what uh, we'll call it. We'll put you on that. We'll see next week uh, <laughs> or next episode when uh, what, what's going on there. Um, what about um, over on the other side of open wheel racing Indy- with Indy IndyCar second last yeah. season at Portland got a Portland, champion yeah crowned officially. Yeah, it didn't start that way. I mean, we had uh, Graham Rahal on the pole. IndyCar said Graham can take the... He can go on the green flag at the start of the race whenever he feels comfortable, and he was on it. Um, Dixon started on the outside. Dixon in a very much... It was a must-win situation for him, but if Pelot finished on the podium, it didn't matter. So, So Dixon was really just racing for hope that something would happen to his teammate uh which could have happened because portland is uh tight fast and uh the the drivers are, are so aggressive I, I i sometimes i cannot believe the 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 holes or the gaps that these guys try to slide their cars into and it was an interesting race i didn't uh i wasn't bored let's that's, that's Let's say that. Although I have to admit, I I don't know if I like turn one very much. There, uh, what do you think, Damon? Do you how do you feel about turn one there? Now, why not? No, we're referring to the chicane part, not like in some of the starts they skip the chicane and go all the way to the sweeping right hander. Yeah, no, I'm talking about going the first entry into yeah. the the chicane there, the right hander, right left. Well, um, it's. It's a great way to manufacture drama on a track that has a huge amount of runoff. So, like, for fans that like bumper to bumper, which obviously, you know, IndyCar isn't really for that, but they can mm-hmm. still, you know, touch wheels and they can still get close. Like, you know, Portland's a very fast flowing, narrow track. So, it's good that it's got a lot of runoff, you know, for safety and whatnot. But, like, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, if you're looking for full course yellows or anything like that. It's kind of a tough track for that. So I guess, yeah. you know, for those kind of fans, turn one is good for that. And then, you know, you see like the NASCAR races, it definitely produces a lot more drama, but it's, you know, the fact that they skip it on the beginning lap, uh, kind of tells you what you need to know. I think honestly, 
you know, it's kind of can go either yeah. way. So, okay, so let's Pillow wins the race, wins championships, second championship in two years, in three years, yada, yada, yada. I, I got a question, and, and, and maybe, Damon, you'll be more familiar with this because you follow IndyCar, you followed IndyCar for a longer period of time. How do you feel about the team, the the series not throwing a caution at a time that could ruin somebody's race, meaning that they could miss the pit cycle and they'll allow the race to continue going, even with a car in an awkward position to allow the leader to be able to make a pit stop so he doesn't get... Um, screwed over isn't that kind of part of racing like you know it's people wreck and you're this is part of it yeah and do they so i know they did that like in iowa they they do i know in the ovals they try to do that when possible you know nascar for instance they you know they just throw the yellow like they, they rarely will wait for yeah they don't care like any car like you know it's it, it's interesting and at, the, at one point it's kind of like okay you know it's cool it doesn't kind of you know, screw people over, but yeah, that's a, that's a part of racing. It's part of strategy. It's part of luck, and the, you know, luck's a big part of racing. You know, you put yourself in the right scenarios, but you never know what's going to happen. So, right, right, know, it's kind of the, it's kind of the card you play. So, you know, see, I don't, I what yeah. what I don't like about it is is that sometimes teams play that strategy game obviously they all play that strategy and that's not what I mean. That obvi- That's an obvious statement. What, what I mean is that they they've put into place a particular strategy that they can't break from. And then a caution like that and them waiting, the series waiting until the, somebody makes a pit stop can then completely null and void any of your work put in because it just, you know, it can just evaporate it. This happened at um, at Petit Le Mans one year for IMSA. The caution came out. The Wheeland car pitted because it was it was his, its pit cycle. And ten minutes after it pitted, they red flagged the race and then called the race not much later and they lost the championship because of it because they had no idea they were going to call the race because if they would have known they would have never pit um sometimes i feel that these they're trying to they're trying so hard to create good close racing that they just end up making manufactured racing and so i'm speaking to the uh number 26 of Adrian, not Adrian, Peterson, is that his name? Spun out and was off track and in a real, not, not a very nice 20, position. 26 is uh, Devlin DeFrancesco, I believe, isn't it? Yeah. Green and black car? Green and black cars, isn't that's the, uh, isn't that Calamila and Agustin Canapino? The, oh, uh, amazing. It was Canapino. 78 car. It was Canapino. Yeah. Seventy. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. So he yes. was sitting in them, and then they waited for I believe it was Rose. Was it Rosenquist to get around to get into the pits or some? And I just thought, man, he's sitting in a really dirty spot. Like, I get it. I get they don't want to screw somebody's race over, but I mean, not racing. I mean, I think it's two different. That's you know. 
kind of what you touched on with the IMSA example. Like if if it's already under, and this happens some with, with NASCAR races where it's under caution, rain's threatening, people pit, some people stay out, and then they throw the red flag and don't restart the race. Like that's a different scenario than like mm. an accident's happened or a car's stalled. And they've got people watching it. They tell the teams, yeah, I, you know, I, but I, I agree at the end of the day, like if there's a hazard on the track, they should, you know, call a caution if need be. But maybe they're trying to take a hybrid style, more European style where they don't throw yellow flag, they throw local yellows, which I wish they did that here in the States for like the bigger road courses. Anyway, the, the local yellows or the yes. Uh, period 65s or whatever, whatever they call them like at the Nürburgring. Codes, yeah, code, code, yeah, code 65. 60s, code 60. Yeah, code 60s. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so instead of throwing a whole four course yellow on a large track, but obviously Portland's not a large track, but you know, we did say that this is a good bit of runoff in most spots. So yeah, it's, it's a hotly debated topic and it's hard to say one way or the other, but. Well, it's interesting because we'll kind of, if I may segue from IndyCar, which was amazing, into NASCAR uh, Cup Series at Darlington, we kind of see that happen with 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 Kevin Harvick, where he's, I mean, he's committed, but he's committed, committed to the pits. Like, he can't, he's going to hit the box and get a penalty, so he drives through. Now, and then, he, and then, of course, he stops in his pit box. Like, he could have not pit. They could have just drove through and blended and then dealt with it then, but I guess they figured it was a uh, lesser of two evils. But that's a real position because he didn't really, he didn't do anything wrong, right? He was down, down below where he was supposed to be. So it's almost like they need a. I I, I remember I I heard Dale comment on this junior, but I actually had the thought in my head when I saw it happen. They almost need like a commit to the commit. <laughs> Or they just yeah, need so to I make watched. the commitment box further away from pit road than it is. We well, yeah, like they did at uh, Atlanta, right? The entrance is almost on the back stretch. We, we almost will. like almost like a green flag commitment box and a yellow flag commitment box. Mm, yeah, we um, we will wrap up the show here on some cup stuff. The I was going to call it the chase. That's because I'm old school. What the, the well, is it NASCAR not the chase playoffs, anymore? It is the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs. Yeah. Okay. But I'm old I'm not, school. Yeah. Hi, I'm Mike. I do motorsport journalism. <laughs> you didn't know that? <laughs> well, they tried I for the first couple did. of seasons. They changed, when changed the names over, all the time. Or when someone took over, ten, like they, they tried it for a couple of years, I think, at the beginning of the of the new the new format. And then... When the chase was done, when the chase was done, before they changed the points over, like when whatever year that was, the system they changed mm-hmm. the system, and yeah, they remember when they changed the system in like 2016 or 2018. They kept adding cars, it was what 12, is it 10 or 12 yeah. originally got in, and they kept adding cars, and then yeah, the that's whole, right, yeah, yeah so, so they've been and then they allowed Gordon in as the 13th Cause, car cause our because favorite, of our, Pick. Yeah. Michael Waltrip decided to have his one of his spotters tell one of his drivers to get a little bit of an itch. Let's yeah. So for Darlington, uh, for our league, everyone out there, you want to head on over to na- uh, fantasygames.nascar.com, and on there you can look up the leagues under the league section, the wide world of motorsports, and it's also up on our website. The link got some races left. 
<laughs> uh, there are six of us participating in it, so there are some of us that uh, that do it. Let's let's go. Let's look at um, the race results for Darlington for uh, for us for our league. Uh, Hats off to Wounded Duck Motorsports Eggman over here. Hell yeah, buddy! Uh, pretty good, and and Wallace there um, coming up. What's that? Sorry, place. you got second. Oh, there. second. Yeah, good. yeah. And then I got third. Joe got fourth. Dirty Joe. And Ty Parker got fifth. Ty Parker got the regular season though, so he didn't have the very good God start. And what happened to Wes? Wes is still participating. I think he. I wonder if he ran out of picks. Uh, cause he's, he didn't make, or unless it, it carried over. Ooh, I wonder if, I wonder if they're defunct. I wonder if they don't, well, it looks like Joe does it. I'm going to have to message them because maybe they don't do it. Maybe we're, maybe I think <laughs> I'm like, Hey, can I message, I mentioned you guys on the freaking show and you guys aren't even doing this. What's going on? Anyway, anyway, um, either way we know Eggman won that. Uh, good job on that one. Um, good job, Eggy. Going into... I had faith in Kyle Larson. What can I say? Go with Kansas Speedway coming up. The we um, playoff drivers, a couple of guys uh, have a gap. The elimination race is Bristol, and uh, I don't know if you wanna if you wanna worry if you wanna worry about getting Bristol is race. not a track I want to go into needing to yeah, win. No, so this is a for some, especially those Toyotas. This is an easy one to go with at the mile and a half oval last year. Tyler Reddick held a 32-point gap ahead of the uh, round of 12 elimination line. And uh, he was pretty dominant last year, so I'd expect to see him. I'm probably going to put Reddick in, or at least a couple of the Toyotas in for me, for my fantasy pick. He's 30 points going into this weekend. He's 30 points above the elimination line after having a runner-up finish at Darlington. So some good momentum on his side in this uh, championship round. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would definitely I think it's easy. Just everything's kind of pointing at Toyota's. Also, Bubba, too. I want to I want to I, I think Bubba's going to make something happen here as well. I, th- I believe he won. He won at did he didn't he get a win at what was that other mile and a half? He, he got a win at he won. Yeah, he won the race last year. It's yes, still pinned on NASCAR's Facebook page. My lineup has actually stayed fairly unchanged. Uh, I got Willie B in there because if one of the Hendrick drivers is going to do well, it's probably going to be him this year. Uh, I got Denny. I got MTJ. I've got Christopher Bell. And I have uh, – scratch that. I do not have – I have Tyler Reddick instead of Christopher Bell. Apparently, I can't read. <laughs> what about you, Wallace? What do you got as we wrap up the show here? You got a minute or so. Well, I'm going to go with uh... – a few Toyotas as well. I picked Bubba. Um, I feel like the closer Kevin Harvick is 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 might do well here. I'm kind of teaming these with guys that I think aren't going to make it past the rounds, so I'm kind of using them up, thinking that they might perform well. They just might not do that great. Um, I put Carson Hosevar in there because I think he can do well right. there. Yeah. I also went with uh, MTJ. And uh, Kaibu, Kaibu, because I think because he's he's good at these type of tracks, right? Yeah, I got I got uh, basically all of Joe Gibson. I got Hamlin, Bell, Reddick, and then I I I, I just have a feeling for RFK. I don't know why. Um, Chris Pusher, 
I got Brad on the bench, but I also think that it sh- I think I should throw in a Chevy at least. I always go by manufacturer. I don't know why. I, I maybe that's a little old school. Remember back in the day, we really do that. I don't know. Like, it does still no, matter. It's obviously, still a thing now. Like this, right? Like as you can tell, the Toyota's got a trend here. So, but Kyle not being in that Toyota, but I'm sure he'll still be doing just fine. Um, not too good the last couple of races, I believe. So he's looking to, uh, he's got to look to make something happen now sooner than later. So I'm throwing in the number eight of Kyle Busch. I, I'd like, other than the, the obvious, I'd like him to come up there and win the race. All right. Um, what about, do you got any, do you got any predictions you want to throw in there as we wrap it up here, Damon? Yeah. So Kyle, Kyle Larson's owed from, you know, getting dumped by Denny the spring race. So, I definitely would put money on him because it seems like when one person wins in the playoffs, they tend to rattle off a couple wins. So I would be looking for him. I had RF. I would put RFK because they've just yeah. been showing that they're good everywhere right now. Both twenty three eleven cars. Bubba's good on his mile and a half. Reddick's obviously been tearing it up. And then you know, I don't know what you know, how the buckets or anything work for fantasy, whatever. But those guys. And then Denny Hamlin. He, he always shows up yeah. here. So those would be the people I would. I would go with. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have it all covered on the next episode of the WAMS coming at you on CFMH 107.3 local FM in St. John, New Brunswick. CKMS 102.7 Radio Waterloo in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. And on the Performance Motorsports Network app on your smart device. Also streaming on all major streaming platforms. And check out our social media at the WWOMS. Well, that just about wraps it up for this edition. I am James Jordan. Mike Wallace. I'm the Eggman. And Damon Sawyer. We'll see y'all around the bend. Just the facts. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.